0: Welcome to True North Nation. This was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, where we bring you true direction in a lost world. Now let's hear it from our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. Welcome to another episode of the True North Nation. We're so glad that you joined us. Thank you again for all of our loyal listeners that are back again this week. We have so many exciting things that's going on, great things that are ahead of us. Today we're going to be talking uh, in the Fruit of the Spirit series, The Power of Joy. Grab something to write with, grab a cup of coffee, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And again, so excited to have you with us. We are so incredibly thankful for you, our listeners loyal listeners that join us each week here at True North Nation. If you can do me a favor and share this podcast with somebody that you feel like might uh, be blessed by it, I deeply would appreciate it. Also, hit us up on our on our social media, uh, make some comments, give us some comments here on the website of truenorthdfw.org, and we would appreciate it. We want to get some good discussions going on the subject of the Fruit of the Spirit now, the one thing that, that I feel like God has led me into this series of Fruit of the Spirit is nine of uh, nine gifts that God has given to us inside the package of baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, we, we strive to live for God. We strive to be like Christ. And that's what we hear. To be a Christian, definition of Christian is to be Christ-like. But how? How do we accomplish that? The world that we live in right now is becoming extremely complicated. Uh, It's just something that our parents, when they were young, my parents especially got married in 1950. And yeah, they had things that they dealt with back then. Uh, The public school system was dealing with kids chewing gum in, in classrooms and passing notes. But today it's guns and teenage pregnancy and, you know, which bathroom do I go into? And it's just so complicated in the society that we live in today. But God is greater than our society. God is greater than anything that we come up against. So I just felt in prayer that God has given me this series or brought it to the surface because it's always been there is to uh, talk about the nine separate fruit of the Spirit, Uh, you know, love. And then that's the first on the list. We need to learn to love each other as much as we need to learn to love God and proper love, not lust, not infatuation, but true, deep, meaningful love. And then, of course, joy is what we're going to be talking about. And joy is extremely powerful. If we will, as we journey together over the next nine episodes, in fact, matter peace might take a couple of episodes because I don't know if you know this or not, but peace, the subject of peace is very deep. Um, and it's extremely awesome when we start diving into it next next week. So today we're going to look at the power of joy. James tells us to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Now, that statement, James is telling us to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds, how in the world do we even consider joy, much less pure joy, when we face trials of, of, of 2022? But here's some questions. What is the joy he's talking about? Do we have a definition of this joy? And what in the world could James possibly have meant for us to consider pure joy? I mean, tribulations that seem like uh, is going to crush us, but a joyous occasion? So let's dive in. Let's take a look at it. What is joy in the Bible? Now, there's a familiar verse, James chapter 1, verse 2, that uh, humanity really needs to look at, us as human beings. Uh, it, it humanly does not seem to make much sense when we look at James chapter 1 and verse number 2. Uh, In this very practical New Testament letter, James begins right out of the gate his important teaching about facing trials by writing this verse of Scripture. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's that's his lead in. That's how he starts. Count it all joy when you fall into. Into various trials, it's probably true that that most readers may hear that verse and respond by asking an obvious follow-up question: How can that possibly be true? I mean, James' teaching doesn't quite make sense in our modern world. How is it possible to have joy when we experience life's various trials? Think about that question. The process of course, is learning to respond with joy. You see, folks, it, you know, yes, the Holy Ghost comes suddenly. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that, that it came as a right, rushing mighty wind, shoom, and it just filled all the house where they were sitting. It was just an amazing event. And even time, every time we go to church, it should be an amazing event, how the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, just sweeps through uh, the worship process worship area or the sanctuary where we are gathered together. It's an amazing deal. But you know, when, you know, I've always said this, heard it years ago, probably from an old time old uh, elder somewhere. It's not how high you jump. It's how straight you walk when you come down. And so when we think about that, now, it's easy to come and just get, you know, get caught up in the music and the and the emotion, all of that. And that's good. That's good. We, we are emotional people, and we need to remain emotional, and we need to have uh, awesome, exuberant worship and praise, amen, and let God just fall on us and saturate us. But when we wake up on Monday morning, reality hits. When we wake up in... Uh, On the in the on, on Monday morning, everything that we're dealing with, that we were able to escape the day before in our time of praise and worship and singing and preaching and praying around the altar suddenly comes back to our mind. The pressures, the job situations, the kids, the family, the decisions and finances that we need to make. So living for God is actually a learning process. We need to learn to live for God. Learn to live and learn to know what to do, when to do it. How long do we endure this? So the process of learning to respond with joy during the times of trial, trials in our life must begin with a conscious awareness that God is at work in our lives, and that he has a tangible purpose for the why we may be experiencing these trials. It is living for God. The One of the most important things that I'm going to say during our 30 minutes together today is living for God is a learning process. And we need to learn how to respond with joy in this, in this uh, episode, what we're talking about, the power of joy. So in other words, if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, and if we believe that his word teaches us that he is at work in our lives, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, then we all come uh, to to the logical conclusion that trials, sufferings, and difficult times in our lives are ultimately designed by God and that he has a specific purpose for us in mind. He is molding us, he is making us, he is shaping us into what we need to be for his kingdom, for his purpose. So again, understand that we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and believe that He, his word is, is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's already anointed, but let it go forth into our lives, behind us, in us, through us, ahead of us, and that he is at work in our lives doing things to get us prepared for the purpose that he has for us. The Bible makes this point in the same passage, and it looks again at James chapter 1 and verse 2, But let's add verse number three. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So the text is very clear. When we can respond to life's trials with a genuine joy, if we know that the Lord has a purpose for why, he would allow those difficult times of suffering and trials. And in this passage, the purpose of, of trials was to produce patience, endurance, the ability to hold up under trial in our lives. Any athlete that you talk to in any sport out there, what, what is the athlete's ultimate goal? Build endurance. To be able to go for the long run, for the long ride, for the long shot, to be able to, to condition the body, to hold up under a long period of time, to play the rough game, to play the enduring game, to pay, play long, to play hard, and to win. Well, spiritually, that's what we need to do. We need to be in it for the long haul. We need to go for the long shot. We need to do it and and do it right and do it, uh, consistently, patience and endurance. Amen. By Paul said to lay aside every weight that's easily beset us and let us run this race with patience. So, knowing that God is doing something specific in our lives and that He is doing what is best for us to help us respond with genuine joy brings a whole new light to what what, and why we're going through things. Life's trials are certainly not fun. I hate trials. You know you know how it is. Everything's going and cranking, boy. I mean, everything's falling into place, and the money's there, and the bill's are getting paid, and the kids are behaving, and uh, the car's running right, and everything. Man, this is awesome. I'm getting ready to buy a new house. And, you know, everything is, is just peaches and cream. But somewhere down the road, there's a pothole. Somewhere down the road there's clouds forming. We're going to hit a trial. And you know it's coming. You know it's it's headed your way. And I hate it, but I also enjoy it. Why? Because it's like it's like a good workout in the gym. You go in and get a good workout. You get a good sweat on. You you break down the muscle tissues so that you can gain strength. Uh you you learn how to Go a little longer on the bike or go a little longer on the treadmill so that you can hit the goal, lose the weight, tone your body up so that you can be healthier in your body. Spiritually, same thing. We got to go a little longer. We got to hit it a little harder. We got to break a good sweat. We got to break down some things so that we can build up and become stronger in word and in spirit. And so they're not fun. Going to the gym is not fun. And, but yet it's, it's an absolute, it's an exercise for the body is absolute. It's, it's needful. All right. So when we understand and react to those painful situations with joy, the understanding that God is demonstrating his love for us through the circumstances, it's going to bring a whole new light to when you go through trials. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope so God can fill us with joy. But we have a proper understanding. Do we have a proper understanding? And do we have the proper definition of the gift of joy? So let's define it. Let's take a look at it. What is the definition of real joy? So let's go back to the beginning and identify a working definition of joy. Simply put, biblical joy is, is choosing choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner, joy, inner contentment and inner satisfaction. Because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish his work in us and through our lives. James is simply telling his readers that they can choose to respond with joy even during times of trials and suffering. So, what's that mean? Joy is a choice. You can choose to sit around and lick your wounds and do the oh me and poor me and I'm so uh, I'm being punished and so on and so on. Or you can choose to be joyous. You can choose to be happy, even though it feels like your world is crashing down around you. You can choose to be joyful. John chapter 15 And verse number 11, New King James Version. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These things. I have spoken to you. Jesus is talking here. The things that I'm giving to you, the things that I'm speaking into you is for the purpose that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, John chapter 15, verse number 11 in the New Century Version, it says it like this. I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have and so that your joy will be the fullest impossible joy. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that bring a whole new light to the subject of the power of joy? But it does come from the Lord, and he alone is the originator of true joy. You don't have to produce it. You don't have to drum it up on your own. You don't have to, you know, I, I like to read some self-help stuff. I like to read uh, positive motivational quotes by different ones. I enjoy all of that. But nothing replaces the Word of God. Nothing replaces God's Word. That is the ultimate uh, positive Uh, statements that you can read. That's the ultimate motivation that you can put in your spirit and mind. We don't have to drum up our own joy. It's given to us by God. He is the originator of it. So the next question is, what does the Bible teach us about joy? All right, God himself is the source of our joy. We just established that. Our foundational scripture is, of of this whole series of the fruit of the spirit is Galatians chapter 22 and twenty two and 23, chapter five, excuse me, chapter five verses twenty two and twenty three that gives us the list of the fruit of the spirit and joy is listed there as one of the byproducts of the Holy Ghost living and abiding in us. This chapter in Galatians, Galatians chapter five, tells us that it is possible to live in the Spirit and to walk in the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, and then a verse 25, meaning that he will naturally produce his fruit in our lives as we live for him. God alone can produce true joy. And he does that naturally through his spirit in living, uh, living in those who have put their trust in him. It's important. It's very, very important for us to understand that only God himself can give us the ability to respond to life's difficult circumstances that, uh, with that inner contentment and satisfaction. But here's the key, folks. We have to choose. We have to consider, consider, as James said, we choose to respond to life's trials with joy when we consider God's purpose for those times of suffering. So, it is true. It is very, very true <sighs> that only God can sim- uh, supply genuine joy. However, there is a key technique in James chapter 1 and verse 2 that helps us. And again, this verse says, My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, notice the word count. Okay. Now let's take that apart. Let's unpackage that a little bit. Some other English versions uh, of the Bible uh, of the Bible translated as this consider. So it's, it's a word that means to systematically scrutinize or to examine as in taking an exam. When you think about the English version of the Bible, translates instead of count, consider. And the word consider, when you consider something, you are systematically scrutinizing or examining as in taking an exam, studying it, knowing it. The idea here is that the believer, you and I, should thoroughly list the potential advantages of of the situation to gain a better understanding of what God may want to accomplish. And a simple illustration of this truth would be a child counting the change in their penny piggy bank and realizing that they have more money than what they actually thought. Or the old chorus that I used to I grew up with, Count Your Blessings by uh, Johnson Oatman Jr., that makes the same point count your many blessings name them one by one and it'll surprise you it'll surprise you what the lord has done when they when we truly count or consider what god is doing we will conclude that indeed our response should be one of joy okay now is it is it possible to have joy to the fullest even during life's most difficult times, it's also here important to note the simple word all in James chapter one, verse two. The writer uses it to describe the kind of joy that only comes from God himself. Count it all. Consider it all. All. So it's a word that means completely, wholly. It's not just some joy. We can experience all joy, or joy to the fullest, or the most complete joy. The Apostle Peter also writes, about this kind of joy in the midst of various trials in 1st Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 in this you greatly rejoice now though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved with various trials he teaches us that we can greatly rejoice if this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be You've been greed with various trials. So this this is an overflowing, abundant, abundance-filled, lively joy that God can give to us. It's exactly the kind of joy that God's people can experience, even when we're faced with various of trials, difficult times, sad times, God provides that abundant and that a clean or complete joy. Count on it. Bank on it. Get ready for it. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think of. Consider it. Count on it. That's what we've got to do, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to learn the process we have, when we go through this we are learning how to live for god we are learning that through it all god is able god is willing it 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 makes his heart glad when we succeed in his word and spirit so this is an overflowing abundance this is an overflowing filled uh, filling with lively joy it's the kind of joy that god can god's people can can experience and it's a natural human inclination to think that living through trials and negative circumstances would not be an occasion for joy. It's, it's human to think that. Uh, in, in our terms or in our world as a human, it would be natural for us to think that. But choosing to respond to life's difficult situations with that inner contentment and satisfaction just doesn't seem to make sense. But yet the believer, the believer can experience genuine joy to the fullest by taking the initiative to actively consider all that God is doing. I'm alive. You know, something may have been taken away, but I'm still alive. I still have family. I still have friends. I still have my church. I still have God. You know, I can I can still walk. I've got two legs that I can walk. I've got two arms and two hands that I can reach and do. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. We don't focus on the negative. We focus on the positive. Joy doesn't mean forcing happen, happiness. Now listen to me as we get ready to close out and uh, bid you farewell for the week. Joy does not mean forcing happiness during a sad circumstance. We can usually tell when somebody tries to fake it until you make it. But joy comes during every season. It's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Joy comes from our choices to choose joy, to count it all, to consider it all, all of it, not just part of it, All of it. I pray today that something was said during this podcast that has blessed you and that has uplifted your spirit to help you get through the trials and the tribulations that we are living in and through through this very complicated society. Folks, we're almost to the finish line. Hang in there. Uh, the, the Lord is coming quickly. Uh, the end of time is near. It's It's just crazy out there. Stay in prayer. Stay in your Bible. Keep going to church and get the truth of God's word in you. God bless you. I love you. Don't forget, do me a favor, share this podcast with somebody that you might consider uh, that would help them and be a blessing to them. God bless Have a great week on purpose. To find out more about finding that true destination, visit us at truenorthdfw.org.